Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. One, two, three. What is now? ESPN Radio. Can't wait for Tommy Evans to be in the studio to talk all about Woodstock 99. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the new ESPN Montana app. I am Coulter Nuanez coming to you through the ESPN Montana studio at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting Company, locally owned and operated for the, more than 15 years and proud to say so. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, went all the way around the world of high school sports in the state of Montana, talked high school football, high school soccer, high school cross country, uh, and uh, filled in the blanks everywhere we possibly could to keep you up to date with all of that news. Uh, we also had our Treasure State Stars highlighting some of the best individual performances from all levels of sports from around uh, the state of Montana. And we had an excerpt from Soccer and Snow and Smoke, a podcast all about the beautiful game from Andrew Houghton. It's our footy 15 this week featuring Cameron Salerno of the Sacramento Bee newspaper talking uh, all about uh, women's soccer, one of the great runs at the U.S. Open Cup uh, earlier this summer. All of it can be found on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by the M Store, the MSU Bookstore, and the Advocates. We go now to the Rangers Brothers Army phone line. Welcome in a great friend of this show and uh, a guy who knows FCS football on a national level better than anybody. And uh, FBS what? That's the uh, the theme of this week's interview. Sam Herter joins us from Hero Sports and Bet MGM. And Sam, a, a whole lot of pandemonium when it comes to a lot of the crossover wins, but a lot of the FCS teams that were quote-unquote playing up didn't like they look like they were playing up at all. How you doing, man? And uh, what a what a good week it was for the FCS this last week. Yeah, I'm doing good. I appreciate you having me back on. There were four uh, FBS or FCS over FBS wins last weekend, so that's now six total, uh, which is still far below the average. There was about 12 FCS over FBS wins last year, which is I think like 10 to 12 is usually the average, and so. Uh, you know, six total on the year is solid, uh, but it's always funny that, you know, whenever there's like a, a batch like there was this last weekend where there's four, you know, I get some questions, oh, this must be like the most there's ever been, right? Six is a ton. It's like, well, no, still got a ways to go to hit that average, but there potentially could be a couple more uh, this weekend. And so it's it's always fun to see 
those FCS teams beat FBS teams just with the scholarship differential and, you know, kind of something that always makes this level of football uh, pretty excited. For sure, and I, I've observed a lot of this as well, but I think that one thing that really stood out about this season so far and particularly this last week is just the way that some of these FCS programs are able to move the ball. I mean, last year when Montana beat Washington, that was, uh, I don't want to say unique, but a very rare win because Montana did it almost completely defensively. It was a 13-7 victory, and they held the Huskies completely in check. They actually dominated the game from a physical standpoint, which I don't think a lot of people saw coming. But this, this last week, it was how dominant some of the offenses looked. I mean, Incarnate Word hangs 55 on Nevada in a, in a two-touchdown victory uh, over the Wolfpack. Um, he also had the crazy seven overtime game with Eastern Kentucky, 59-57. Eastern Kentucky wins in seven overtimes uh, over Bowling Green. And maybe the most eye-opening win was Weber State just completely pounding Utah State 35-7, to didn't give up an offensive touchdown, forced four uh, Utah State turnovers. But to you, Sam, uh, which one of these wins was most impressive for these uh, FCSs toppling FBSs? Ooh, I think... Man, uh, either UIW or Weber State. I'll, I'll probably go with Weber State just because it, it came against an in-state team. Uh, you know, that's just going to be huge not only for the momentum of, of Weber State and positioning themselves for the playoffs, but also beyond, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure uh, that, that coaching staff and Jay Hill, they're going to use the, that win to their advantage when it comes to recruiting, right? Especially when you have you know, ex-player that has a walk-on opportunity at Utah State versus a partial or full-ride scholarship at, at Weber State. You know, if you were that recruit, who, who do you want to go to? Uh, you know, that, so that could be a good recruiting pitch. But you make a good point of, you know, how yeah, sometimes in the past when you, when you see an FCS over FBS win, it's, you know, 13-7, to 10-6, kind of low scoring where it's a, it's a sloppy game and, you know, the, the FCS team has to kind of grind it out and make it and make it kind of an ugly game to get a win there but i think the fcs now you know i've, I've made a lot of bones about you know the fact that you know program wise the fcs is watered down in weekend but i think just the level of athletes and the level of talent in the fcs has never been better uh, and i think you know before you know maybe the, the biggest difference between g5 and the fcs was the level of athlete where you know the the G5 has has six three defensive ends, six four defensive ends. The FCS has six two defensive ends, or you know they have six five, six four wide receivers at the FBS, and now in, in, at the FCS maybe there is you know six one uh, receivers or a six five tight ends there in the FCS six three tight ends, and there's just like different size, different athleticism. I think that used to be the case, but not anymore. I think the FCS has you know has never gotten better talent recruiting wise out of high school, but I also think the transfer portal has actually benefited the FCS just as much as it's negatively impacted the FCS because there's a lot of FBS to FCS quote-unquote drop-downs. And, yeah, not every guy pans out, but there was like six conference players of the week this last weekend that were all FBS transfers. Uh, And then you look at three top ten teams in the polls, uh, Montana, Chattanooga, uh, incarnate word they all have transfer quarterbacks that are making you know that are making a big difference and so i just think the overall talent level in the fcs has never been better and the line between the fcs and the g5 continues to get blurred a little bit sam herder joining us hero sports fcs senior analyst as well as uh, bet mgm and sam i want to ask you about incarnate word because they're a team that came to montana i guess 2018 the first round of the playoffs and that was when eric morris was still the head coach who's a disciple of mike leach and a guy who 
uh, is, is sort of an air raid offense guru, having spent time there at Texas Tech. And Carter Word was sort of in that similar form. And I wrote a story a couple weeks ago when we had a couple once-proud Southland programs, McNeese State and Northwestern State, coming to Montana. And it was kind of just about the evolution of and sort of the attrition that has affected the Southland Conference. But for all of the attrition and all of the teams that have moved up and moved on out of the Southland, Incarnate Word, sort of a new, newer program to the scene, seems like they've really taken that spot atop the Southland as the representative from that conference that is in the conversation among the national elite. And they've done it even with a coaching transition and their stud quarterback from a year ago moving on. So what has Incarnate Word done well, and, and how are they able to sit here now as a top-10 team and one that just hung 55 points on a Mountain West squad in Nevada? Yeah, I think a lot of people probably overlooked Lindsey Scott Jr. Uh, a little bit this offseason. Uh, UIW starting quarterback Cameron Ward goes to Washington State. So UIW goes to the transfer portal to find you know a new quarterback for them, and they grab Lindsey Scott Jr., an in-conference transfer from Nichols. And Lindsey Scott Jr. was fantastic last year and during the spring season, but he was probably flying under the radar because he was playing in the same conference as Cole Kelly and Cameron Ward. And so maybe he flew under the radar a little bit, but I've always been high on him. And so I think his play has, you know, really allowed UIW to not take a step back at all and possibly even take a step forward. I I also think uh, they've gotten a lot better uh, defensively. They brought in, I want to say 10 FBS transfers uh, this off season. Most of them have come from, uh, or most of them play on the defensive side of the football. Uh, They have a transfer right now, Whitaker from FIU, a defensive end. He has six sacks. Uh, in two games, and you know that just kind of goes back to the transfer portal, where if you bring in a lot of FBS transfers, sometimes that can, you know, kind of turn you into a dumpster fire like Southern Illinois, where things just aren't clicking. But other times, it can make you an instant, you know, I don't know about national contender, but instantly make you a quarterfinal or semifinal team. And I think we're seeing that with UIW and Chattanooga, two teams that have brought in a high number of FBS transfers, and things just seem to be clicking for them right now. And they've all they both taken a step forward. And you're right about the Weber State narrative about, uh, you know, they've played uh, Utah State in the past. They've been in the mix with Utah State, but to pound Utah State, I think that resonates in state. I also think it's a little bit of leverage for Jay Hill because it seems like Utah State's come open a couple times since Jay Hill has been leading the the rise to prominence for Weber State. His name seems to be circulated in a lot of different head coaching openings, but particularly that one there in Logan. And now maybe that is another uh, piece of leverage there as well. But you and I both have been talking since the Big Sky kickoff in July, Sam, about how Weber State, they had the year last year where they didn't make the playoffs for the first time in a handful of seasons. And it seemed to kind of make people outside of the state of Utah down a little bit on Weber State to forget a little bit about them. And we thought that might actually cater to them uh, having a pretty big year. So what are your thoughts on the Wildcats and how much that win could then affect uh, their national recognition and also – just their confidence with conference play coming up here in a couple weeks. Yeah, I do think maybe people forgot that this was a program that won, what, four or five Big Sky titles in a row, made back-to-back quarterfinals, made the 2019 semifinals. uh, And, you know, they made the playoffs in the spring uh, but lost at home last year, missed in the last season, missed the playoffs. So maybe they they fell off of uh, people's radars a little bit as far as voters in the preseason uh, but, I mean, Weber State has been that program that, you know, always seems to reload. And I remember, um, I think it was I think it was that 2019 season where they lost, like, 
nine of their top 11 tacklers from the 2018 season. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people, oh, maybe Weber State, they'll take a step back defensively. But they just continually reload, especially on the defensive side. And I think they've done that, again, this year with a lot of big name gone, uh, big name names that are gone, uh, but, but guys that have stepped up. And I also think offensively, you know, with a new offensive coordinator, you know, maybe getting a bit more explosive, maybe opening things up. Um, I think Bronson Barron has a strong arm. Uh, you also have a great rushing attack. Uh, Josh Davis has looked great. Hopefully, you know, fingers crossed he stays healthy because he has, I mean, he was one of the best running backs as a freshman back in 2018 or 2019. Uh, and maybe he's fallen off the national radar too, just because he's been injured. But there's a lot of talent there. And I think Weber State has now shown they're, they're definitely in contention for that Big Sky title. Sam Herder joining us here on to on is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the new ESPN Montana app. Uh, Sam, let's talk about the Montana schools because they're both sitting here in the top four of the polls. Montana, the University of Montana, has been impressive so far in their two victories, 47-0 over Northwestern State and 24-7 over a South Dakota team that made the playoffs a year ago. Montana State... Uh, got it going a little bit in the second half against McNeese State on the way to a 40-17 to victory. And then last week, no contest against a overmatched Moorhead State squad, 63-13. The Bobcats roll past the uh, Eagles of the Pioneer Football League. Um, which one of these two teams have you been able to gauge more about from the two opponents that they've played so far? Yeah, definitely Montana. Uh, it's really hard to... As far as Montana State, it's hard to gauge a whole lot just because the two opponents haven't been good. Uh, and even this weekend, you know, Oregon State, I think if Montana State was fully healthy, it could be a good game. And it still might be a good game, but if, you know, Montana State loses by 14, 17 points, I still don't know if that is a great gauge just because of the injuries at the running back position and not being at, at full strength there offensively. Uh, and, you know, beating up on, on two lesser opponents. I think what it does show us is, is new guys are, are ready to, to step up. You know, we've seen different receivers step up. We've seen some new new name, or not necessarily new name, but new starters, I guess, on the defensive line uh, stepping up. Um, and so I think that's really what, what's been shown by Montana State the first two games is maybe just building out that depth and saying, all right, here's our, our new, you know, standout defensive tackle. Here's our new go-to receiver. Now it's just a matter of, can they produce like that when they play some of the tougher teams in the big sky? And, you know, with with Montana, I think the first game, not like a huge gauge, but this last game against South Dakota, who is, uh, you know, a pretty solid program, a good team. Most of their returners are back from last year's playoff squad. Uh, I think this is a, that, that was a great gauge uh, for the Grizz. Um, and I watched that game and, you know, you look at the end of the, at the end of the game is 24 seven and you're kind of like, hey, it feels like it was a, 42 to seven type of ball game. It really didn't feel all that close. Uh, you know, Montana wasn't able to finish some drives, maybe let off the gas uh, a little bit, uh, but I thought overall the defense, in my opinion, is arguably the, the best in the FCS uh, alongside Jackson state. I think those are the two most fun defenses to watch in the FCS. And I think offensively, uh, the offensive line looks better. Um, some new receivers like uh, junior Bergen, it seems like he's stepping up to be the, the uh, to be the playmaker. And I really like Lucas Johnson uh, so far. You can, you know, I'm, I'm never going to pretend to be a great X's and O's guys or a scout or anything like that, but sometimes when you watch quarterbacks, you can just tell they get it, and you can tell that Lucas Johnson is a, I, bl- I believe, what, he's a, he's a six-year senior. Like, he just looks smooth. He looks comfortable. Um, great arm. Uh, he's smart when he runs the ball. Uh, I think he has that if factor about, about him that Montana probably hasn't had the last couple of seasons. Sam Herter joining us, Hero Sports. 
BetMGM. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Given that Montana did have a dominant performance, particularly defensively against South Dakota, and given that UC Davis went to Brookings and gave number two South Dakota State all they could handle uh, before South Dakota State emerged with a 24-22 victory, some polls had uh, Montana at two and South Dakota State at, at three, and others, South Dakota State, stuck at two. So are you surprised that, that Montana wasn't able to leapfrog South Dakota State across the board? No, I, I wasn't too surprised. I did switch Montana and South Dakota State around, so I have Montana number two uh, in, in South Dakota State number three in my ballot. But I wasn't too surprised that in the actual media poll, uh, those stayed the same uh, with South Dakota State being two, just because I think, um, you know, people might not switch around uh, their order if, if two teams win. Uh, I kind of have the mindset with my ballot of, of reevaluating things every week. And so even if I have teams A, B, C, D in that order and all four win, I'm not, a, I'm not afraid to put, you know, D all the way to, to the second, uh, you know, ahead of uh, B and C just based off of what I see. And I, I think right now Montana – Looks like the better team than South Dakota State. Now, again, in, in three weeks, if both teams win three more games and all of a sudden South Dakota State is, is really clicking offensively, I, I wouldn't be afraid to put the Jacks ahead of Montana. You know, if maybe Montana it doesn't look as good against some top Big Sky teams and South Dakota State really hammers some quality opponents, I can switch them back. But right now, I think both defenses are very, very good. Uh, really a legit defense. The South Dakota State's defense has, has impressed me, but I give Montana's defense the edge there. I just think Montana's clicking better uh, offensively. South Dakota State, Mark Ranowski, who I think is a fantastic talent, uh, you know, definitely Russ factor, uh, I think, is settling in uh, with him, just missing a year of action. I think their offensive line has some things to figure out as well. So I I just believe that Montana is is the more complete team right now. So I do have the Grizz number two. Last thing for you then, uh, is there anybody that's kind of in this national discussion right now that you think has – has come out of nowhere, or anybody that surprised you that they haven't been as good as maybe you thought? I mean, who are some of the sort of surprise teams uh, nationally uh, around the FCS right now? Uh, you know, I think as far as disappointing, uh, Southern Illinois and ETSU, I think, have been pretty pretty disappointing. I wasn't as high on Southern Illinois as maybe some voters were. Uh, they, they opened the season at number nine, I believe. I had them, I think, at number 11 or number 12, so just outside the top 10. But they've gone 0-2, blowout loss to UIW, then losing to SEMO this last weekend. That was uh, a really big surprise. So, um, you know, kind of disappointed in Southern Illinois. That's that's been a surprise as far as teams that I thought would be pretty good. That that uh, has not turned out to be all that all that good. Um, on the flip side, you know, UIW, I think. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. It, uh, interesting because I I wrote a in a column in May, uh, talking about some under the radar teams that may not be getting a ton of preseason love, but I think could be pretty good. And I had I had of those five, I had Weber State, Incarnate Word, uh, and then Delaware uh, as well. And all three of those teams right now are are in the top ten, whereas you know in the preseason they were outside the top fifteen. And so I, I guess just nationally, those are probably three teams that maybe were under the radar a little bit that have now emerged uh, as teams that can make decent noise in the playoffs. He's Sam Herter, Senior FCS Analyst for Hero Sports. You can follow along on Twitter at Sam Herder. That's H-E-R-D-E-R-F-C-S. You can also find uh, all of his great writing at heroesports.com. 
Sam, appreciate you joining us, man. You're welcome back anytime. And, of course, I'm going to always ask you to come back. But uh, keep up the great work, and uh, thanks for the great analysis here today. Yeah, I always appreciate the conversation and appreciate you always having me on. There you go. Sam Herter, one of the best around. Appreciate him for always contributing here uh, on Nuanas Now on ESPN Radio. Want to go to watch some baseball tomorrow night? It's a elimination game, at least for Missoula. That's a good position to be in if you're the Paddleheads. Win and you move on, lose, and you get another home game. They won 6-2 to two in Billings last night, which sets up now the opportunity for them to clinch the Pioneer League North second half playoff uh, uh I guess, is it a championship? I guess the pennant for the North. And then to move into the Pioneer League Championship Series uh, upcoming. If you want to go to the game, it's 7 p.m., 7.05 p.m. first pitch tomorrow night at Ogren Park at Allegiance Field. Billings Mustangs in town. We got two tickets for you right now. Caller number one, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Call us right now. Caller number one, we have a... Uh, pair of tickets for you to tomorrow night's Missoula Paddleheads Billings Mustangs playoff game. Call right now, 406 888 1029. That's 888 1029. We got a pair of tickets for you to tomorrow night's Missoula Paddleheads. On that note, Jeff Safford, the voice of the Paddleheads, just walked in. We'll get the scoop on how the Paddleheads have been able to be so dominant this season. Jeff Safford joins us next in studio. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultelaw.com. Keeps new on is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I'm in a 90s post-grunge mood. I don't know why. Maybe because it's raining outside. The most welcome sight of rain, though. We need it so bad. The smoke is just killing my eyes. I'm not Chris Collins with the vocal cords problems yet, but uh, we need this smoke to clear out. Welcome back. Duana's now ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here on your Tuesday. Maybe you're watching on the ESPN Montana app. Appreciate you being here no matter how you're tuning in. These tickets are going like hotcakes. You guys want some postseason baseball. It's cooled down a little bit, so maybe a night at the the old ballpark sounds pretty good. We got two more for you right now. Missoula Paddleheads hosting a sort of knockout game. If they win, they move on. If they lose, they play again on Thursday. But Wednesday night, the Billings Mustangs in town. Missoula Paddleheads a chance to sew up the Pioneer League North for the second year in a row. 
If you want to go to the game, 705 first pitch, call us right now, 406-888-1029. That's 406-888-1029. We got a pair of tickets for you to the divisional playoff game between the Paddleheads and the Mustangs on Wednesday night uh, down there at Ogren Park at Allegiance Field. Joined now in studio by the voice of the Missoula Paddleheads, Jeff Safford. He's road-weary, but he is here nonetheless. <laughs> What's it been like, man? I mean, this has been a whirlwind. 12 games in a row is uh, is quite a deal. You have to you have to really get your focus on to be able to talk your way through all that, but you've been doing a great job with all the calls. Yeah, I appreciate it. And yeah, it's not just all the games in a row, but all the travel also. The Paddleheads had to go on their longest road trip of the year. They've had to do it three times this season. I had yeah. to go to Boise three separate times. And, and, and for those that don't know, I know a lot of people listening have been to Boise, but Boise is an incredibly difficult place to get to. Right. Like when the Big Sky Tournament first moved to Boise, in my head I thought, oh, okay, that's like going to be like a four-hour drive. No, no, no. From Missoula, it's like eight in a car and like nine on a bus. you got to go right. all sorts of crazy ways through crazy rural Idaho. There's no cell phone service. There's, <laughs> there's no easy way to get to Boise. Yeah, the... Yeah, there is the route that goes through 93 up through Salmon and that sure, route. Sure. We, we took the the interstate routes. That makes it a little bit better, sure. but don't want to be like last year where the bus driver completely missed Interstate 86 and <laughs> end up three-quarters of the way to Ogden, Utah before oh, making a man. turn back to Boise. Well, that the, that the, was fun. And the funniest part is that when you're on the bus, most of the people that are on the bus don't have any idea where they're at in the world because you're either hanging out or you're from, you know, a completely different part of the country or the world. So you don't know that you missed the turn. <laughs> you're, just, right. you're just 200 <laughs> miles down the highway. Yeah, or you got your you got your Sony noise-canceling headphones in. You're, sure. you're locked into Whatever content you're listening to or you're looking, from my perspective, you're trying to figure out something to talk about on the opposing team that you're facing off with. or Yeah, there's a hundred different things you can see, but it is kind of cool to be able to go on all these crazy trips and see all these different things. Southern Idaho is kind of wild because For sure. it will be like just kind of flat and dry looking. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there's this giant canyon where the Snake River comes in. It's like, whoa, look at that. You know, it's like just kind of sneaks up on you. Jeff Safford, voice of the Missoula Paddleheads, in studio with us here on Nuanas Now. Funny when we first started doing our, our weekly Paddleheads updates and the Paddleheads got off to like a 2-4 and four start and it seemed like, you know, the first couple weeks of the season, uh, maybe a little bit of a hangover from last year or, you know, pressure to repeat as champions or whatever. I'm not so sure they've even lost since then. I mean, <laughs> they've just been absolutely rolling. I, I mean... They're like 50 games over 500, and they've only played about 90 games. So it's been an unbelievable year for the Paladins so far. Yeah, it was the regular season was just insane what they were able to put together. I mean, they won 69 of the 95 games that they played. <laughs> That's unreal. I mean, their their winning percentage actually was higher than the 2001 Mariners. So if they were to play 162, I did the math. They were on pace to win about. 118 games, which is just like totally. The Mariner team won 116, so sure. just edging them out a bit. And the Paddleheads had some fun over the weekend, also releasing a press release challenging the second best team currently with the best winning percentage, Los Angeles Dodgers, to a little one game playoff after the end of the season. Who knows if that'll ever take place? I mean, for the Dodgers, 
acknowledge the paddleheads, it would be cool. But <laughs> but just to see what they've been able to put together, and I think the manager Michael Schlack puts it best that it's not just the guys you know on the field doing all these special things. Jason Newman breaking the Pioneer League home run record, Lamar Sparks batting average near 400. You could name off all these accolades. But it's just a great group of guys for if sure. you're around them. You know, it's guys that play for one another and and fight. And it's just a fun group. You know, when you're on these long road trips, it's a lot of laughs. It's a lot of goofy antics. It's just a lot of just positive vibes. And it, being a part of the organization to me is really special. It's a, You've seen the, the shift as well because... One of the biggest questions when the Missoula Osprey became the Missoula Paddleheads and the Pioneer League became an independent baseball league was, how's this going to look? Like, what's the team going to look like? But also, what's the team fabric and the sort of team chemistry going to be like? Because forever and ever, you have all sorts of guys from all over the world that are coming to Missoula, Montana, with all sharing one primary goal, and that is to move up. To, to move up within a minor league organization. And so to form like the team chemistry element, there's been some great teams that, are, that have played in Missoula over the years for sure. But Absolutely. it seems like it seems like now though, they have a core of guys, you know, like guys like Brandon Riley who's been around for a couple of years. He had a great, uh, you know, wa- uh, a leadoff home run the other night. But guys that they're here first and foremost for the love of the game and then that is reflected then in their ability to kind of be together. It's more, much more of a team element, it seems right. like. And these guys, if you ask them, it's not just the team. It's they love this town, that they sure. embraced Montana, and they love Missoula, and they love everything surrounding the Paddlehead front office and the organization. Michael Schlack would definitely tell you that, the manager. I mean, he's talked about how he's made a second home for his wife and two sons. I mean, that's to me, that's pretty deep stuff, and... You touched on Brandon Riley. He's a guy that's, you know, played his college ball at North Carolina, Tar Heels, one of the best college programs in the country, travel ball through high school. He was in the Cardinals system, played in the Midwest League for a couple seasons. So he's seen it all in the baseball world. And this is his favorite place he's ever played. And it's he just loves playing here, and he loves the community, and he loves this kind of family atmosphere that the team has built here and it's pretty special to see jeff safford voice of missoula paddleheads joining us in studio to talk all things paddleheads baseball you only have a couple opportunities left to watch the paddleheads including wednesday night they have an opportunity to sew up the divisional round of the playoffs the billings mustangs in town they beat the mustangs six to two last night in billings and so now they got a possibility of two games but if they win on wednesday they move on into the Pioneer League Championship Series. We got two tickets left for you to that Wednesday night action. Call us right now, 406-888-1029. First pitch, 705 Wednesday night from Ogren Park at Allegiance Field, 406-888-1029. Call us right now, caller number one. Got two tickets left to the Missoula Paddleheads playoff game. Uh, Jeff, when you look at the statistics, I just pulled up uh, the Paddleheads season <laughs> statistics there's just a, a, an absurd number of ridiculous stat lines you can point to. I mean, Jason Newman has 32 home runs and 115 RBI. 
That's in 88 games. That would be great in a 162-game yeah. season. <laughs> I mean, 32 home runs and 115 batted in an 80. And those are like little That's, league stats. It's, it is unbelievable. And it's crazy that an obvious, the 32 home runs, a Pioneer League record. For sure. broke the previous record of 26. That was, by the way, set by Zach Allman. Last year, A yeah. season ago. But Newman did it in around six in 60-plus games. Sure. Would have been in line with the previous iteration of the Pioneer League, which just, again, speaks to how wild of a season he was able to have. And Oh, and by the way, the 115 RBIs was just off the league record from last season also, just 116. Matt Feinstein from the Chuckers from last year still has that record. I mean, Nick Gatewood has 52 extra base hits among his 136 hits. He's batting 337, drove in 96 runs. You mentioned Lamar Sparks, who's batting 399. 18 bombs and 85 ribbies. So it's been an offensive uh, onslaught for sure. Uh, last thing for you, Jeff, give us a, just a little preview of what's going to go down here these next couple days then. I think that Palhead's is definitely a decided favorite. Just got to win one out of the next two to move on to that Pioneer League Championship Series. And then what's it look like in the South? I mean, what are the, the Paddleheads looking for if they can get past the Mustangs either Wednesday or Thursday? What's on the horizon here uh, as the season winds down? Well, Billings is going to present a challenge. Jim Riggleman's club, Jim, Jim Riggleman, longtime Major League Baseball manager, yep. a lot of good pedigree, and he's been able to build a really strong pitching staff. His team has the lowest team ERA in the regular season of any club. Um, Patrick Surweather starter last night in 10 starts at an ERA under three. Elijah Gill, a left-hander, slated for tomorrow, also an ERA around two and a half. Yep. So uh, it's going to be a battle of the lefties, actually, tomorrow. Southpaw Austin Croson is set to get the ball. Former Phillies product is going to pitch tomorrow for Missoula. So that should be a, a fun matchup. But with it being a do-or-die game, you know the Mustangs are going to throw the book at Missoula tomorrow, pitching-wise. They're going to throw any and all arms that they have. It doesn't matter what rest they're on for tomorrow's ball game. So it could be a wild night in that regard a lot of guys pitching in roles that they're not used to but this is a paddlehead team that does so well jumping out early in ball games setting the tone as they did last night right out of bed brandon riley lead off home run to start off the game last night so if you look at it from that perspective missoula just got to come out strong right out of bed get out in front and let that bullpen just do its thing sam hellinger has been outstanding this season i mean Three up, three down in the ninth last night. 70-plus Ks in 48 innings during the regular season with only 15 walks. I mean, that's ridiculous what he was able to do. It hasn't just been the offense. Their bullpen has been outstanding as well. And looking at the South, it's a little bit interesting in that they've seen Ogden for six games during the month of July, a team that can hit the cover off the ball. One through five, Josh Broughton, one of the more talented players in the league, a right, right fielder, um, Reese Alexiotis, another strong player. Jesus Valdez, third baseman, tons of pop from the left side, 20-plus home runs during the regular season. But Grand Junction is a team that Missoula hasn't seen sure. so far this season. And their schedule in the second half was, frankly, pretty soft. Yes. They played a lot of teams in the south that were struggling, a lot of the Boise Hawks with under 35% winning percentage, no co-owls in there in the same range. Rocky Mountain Vibes, another team that struggled. So 
what are you going to really see from Grand Junction? They looked very strong in game one, defeating Ogden 13-5 last night. Now they have to go on the road to win two to try to win that series. So my guess is that we'll see them split those two, where Missoula then would have potentially a shot in the arm, having an extra day of rest if they can take care of business tomorrow. Missoula Paddleheads can close out the divisional round of the playoffs tomorrow, 7.05 p.m. pitch. Uh, From here in Missoula, you can find this guy's great calls every evening for a little while longer. We're closing in on the end of the season, but we got a, a week or so, a little bit more than a week left before the Pioneer League season uh, rounds up. Jeff Safford, voice of Missoula Palheads. You can find him uh, pretty much every evening until the season completes, and uh, we'll keep you up to date with how the postseason goes. Thanks for being here, man. Yeah, yeah, good to visit with you. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. Congratulations to all of our Paddleheads ticket winners. Uh, that was easy. You guys swooped up all six pairs just like that, lickety-split. A hot ticket is a hot ticket. We'll uh, talk a little bit of Woodstock 99 and also preview the new show, our main man Tommy Evans in the studio next. Keep it right here. You want us now, ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio Missoula. What's up, Montana? Welcome back. New on is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the new ESPN Montana app. Missed anything in today's show, fun show. Took you all the way around the world of high school sports in the state of Montana. We also had our Treasure State Stars, uh, featuring some of the best individual performances from around the state from the last week. Heard from Cameron Salerno of the Sacramento Bee about one of the great soccer runs uh, that we've seen in, in the United States in the last little while. It's an excerpt from our Soccer in Snow and Smoke podcast. Also was joined by Sam Herter, senior FCS analyst on a national level for Hero Sports and Bet MGM, and Jeff Safford, the voice of Missoula Paddlehead, swung by. Want to find anything from today's show? Find it on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by the M Store, the Advocates, and the Montana State Bookstore. Joined now uh, by the man that can somehow rig a radio station to stay on the air even when the power goes out. <laughs> Tommy Evans. It's it, called engineering brilliance, Coulter. It's so funny because the power goes out. I don't know what's going on. Tommy's standing outside the window saying, just keep going, keep going. I'm like, well, who am I broadcasting to if there's no power? Sure enough. The fine people. The yeah, state of sure enough. I'm still on the air and on the TV and everything. No idea how this is happening. And at the end, this would be a moment of panic for most people. But because I was on, I wasn't panicking. But this was the happiest I've seen Tommy in months. I was so excited, man. Because <laughs> he rigged this whole thing for this situation. And we never actually got to try it. And then it all worked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I fought tooth and nail to have all these really cool things and backup systems for us. And uh, I got to see it all play out. And it worked. It's awesome, man. You know, so now we know there can be a full-blown apocalypse out here on North Reserve. <laughs> you know, the chicken might stop frying across the street at B-dubs, all right? But yeah. you know what's going to happen? You're staying on the air, Colter. I love it. Well, Tommy Evans is on the trail in the evenings, and he hosts the new show from 6 to 7 on Tuesday evenings uh, on the trail. Uh, so yeah. tell us what's going on on the new show today. Okay, so have you heard of the band called the King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard? Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, so guess what they're doing next month? They're not putting out one new album. They're not oh. putting out two new albums. They're putting out three new albums. Okay. And so the first I, I brought notes because it's very long, but the first album of the three is entitled Ice, Death, 
planets, lungs, mushrooms, and lava. Wow. Coulter, what better album title <laughs> could anyone come up with, including Dave Matthews, than that? <laughs> and so there's a song on there that's 11 minutes long, so I'm going to be playing that tonight okay. on right. the Trails new show. Well, that's awesome. Switch the dial just one notch up when you leave this show, uh, right when we get over here in about five minutes, yeah. and uh, listen to the new show from 6 to 7 every Tuesday night. Uh, only a couple minutes left, but I've been texting you about this. Uh, the the Woodstock '99 music oh, box documentary on HBO. It's insanity, dude. It is insanity. It's, it's I can't, no, it just just the the pure tangible element of it of having two hundred fifty thousand people at a rock festival on an Air Force base rocking out. That in itself, okay, spectacle. Yeah. <laughs> but then you also just start to analyze how much the world has changed. 1999 right. was not that long ago. It really was. And I'm man. sitting there thinking like. This could, would never, ever, ever be replicated today. Like now, kids are going yeah. to Coachella and whatever. Right. No, everybody's not walking around naked with no water and just moshing their faces off. Like, <laughs> I, well, I, you I, should see some of my neighbors, Coulter. There's I a mean, lot goes on it, uh, no, in the public street. For sure. But I, I just, I couldn't believe, like, although the, the documentary kind of has the angle of how big of a d- disaster the, the festival ended up being. Utter disaster. Some of those performances, though. Oh, the performances were all brilliant. Every I mean, single like one of them. Like when Corn goes so hard oh. that their lead singer he has to go in the back and get ice packs put on him because he's having like an out of body <laughs> experience. It's unbelievable to watch. I completely agree with you, and I know we're short on time because we could go on and on on this. But the idea that Woodstock '99 was a total flop is only the narrative of the business and operational right. angle of the music side of it. When you uh, watch those performances and those sets and see that crowd and what songs were played and how they resonated at the time. It was as important in the 90s as Woodstock 99 as the OG Woodstock was. The problem was you have all these burnt out old flower power dudes that's that were right. like, that's right. and they're like the first guys who just refused to use the internet. So they're like, <laughs> we don't know who Corn is, but they should come and play. And it's like, you guys, like society's at an entirely different place right now that's right. And, and they weren't willing to get with that. And that's the great irony of Woodstock 99, man. And uh, you just can't help but think, like, rock and roll, and this is why music's important, because rock and roll changed the fabric of American culture, but then the way it was remade again in the 60s and then remade again in the 70s, okay, and then in the 80s, it was kind of like, well, what the hell happened to rock and roll? And (laughs) grunge is what brought it back, and then the post-grunge is what brought us now into the modern era, and that was like the peak of the fusion of the post-grunge and it, it's what set the stage then for the 21st century. It's pretty uh, interesting when you look at how music evolves. And you've got to be willing to accept that it will evolve and that it's never going to get worse or better. It's just music's music, man. You know, turn it up. Whether it's corn or whether it's, if it's Dave Matthews, you can turn it down. <laughs> but everything else, turn it up, you know. You know, I, I, I thought to myself, too, I got to see corn at the Adams Center a couple winters ago. Yeah. And uh, it, it was good, but... The other thing that catered to those bands is the outdoor venue. Because Without you, a doubt. Corn's too loud to play inside. Dude, you know, I saw Motorhead play there. Right. I've never been the same since because right. I totally. can't hear anything. No, totally. Like Corn <laughs> was like beating the back of my brain because it was like ricocheting <laughs> off the walls. Crazy. If you can get a chance, go watch the Music Box documentary. Yeah. Thanks to all our great uh, friends for joining us throughout the show. We'll be live from uh, Sidelines Bar in Northeast Portland tomorrow. Very much looking forward to this. I'm still putting the puzzle together on who's joining us when and where. We'll have a bunch of great guests for you coming to you live from the City of Roses. We'll see you then. This has been Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula.
Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 